Welcome to Parent Talk Podcast, the podcast for busy parents, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks to make parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Becca U. Lewis. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 5 of Parent Talk, everything parenting and more. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle, the five mom of two, and I'm, of course, with my co-host, Becca U. Lewis. Hi, Becca. Hi everyone, I'm Becca, the co-host of Parent Talk and also a mom of two. We're excited for another opportunity to learn and grow with our children today. So let's welcome another wonderful guest to help us do that. Yes. So today, it's actually a topic that I found myself needing education on, specifically with what's happening in the world right now. So today, we're talking about how to talk about war with your children with Laura Lynn Knight, Laura is a parent educator. She's an author of the upcoming book, Break Free from Reactive Parenting. And she's a former elementary teacher. She is a certified positive discipline educator and a meditation teacher who specializes in helping parents, teachers, and kids create more calm in the home. Laura was just interviewed on this topic on NBC on the Today Show. And she's uh, she also appeared on uh, A Good Day, Alley, Great Day Washington, Pure Raw, Marderly, and across various different outlets. So now we're lucky to have us with us on Parent Talk Podcast. So hi, Laura, and welcome to Parent Talk Podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here and um, to be talking about such an important topic today with your audience. Awesome. Well, let's do it. So first question, and I'm sure a lot of people are actually thinking about that question. I'm sure a lot of people want to ask you this question. So how can we help our children make sense of what, what we can even actually make sense? Like we can even wrap our own uh, mind around what's happening in in the world right now with the Ukraine-Russia conflict? Absolutely. It is so hard, like you said, for us to understand as adults what's going on. And so for a child, we as adults need to remember that their critical thinking brain is still really just developing. So if we just take a step back and we think about the mind, we have the lower part of our brain, and then we have this upper part of our brain, which is the prefrontal cortex. And the prefrontal cortex is really in charge of like emotional regulation and all those critical thinking skills. And so that doesn't fully develop in a child until the age of 25. So not only is this just a huge topic for children, but do they even have the capacity, right, to really wrap their minds around it? So I don't know that the question of how can we make our child understand war is the question we want to ask, right, because it's it's not something we even really want to understand, but we do want to be asking, how can we support our children during this war? Because they're hearing things, we're having feelings about it. And so we want to support not only ourselves, but them too, during this very stressful time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think, you know, 
it's hard to avoid, even if you're trying to, to protect your kids, you know, they'll mm-hmm. overhear it from somebody. Um, I know like my husband and I listen to news radio and, um, one of my boys is still in uh, preschool age. He just turned five. So he's starting kindergarten soon. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, what would you recommend? Would you talk to a preschooler about war? Do you think they're too young? Should we try to shield them? Like when he asked, I just kind of like paused and came up with the most age appropriate response that I could. Yeah. What would you do? It's a great question. And, you know, so my daughter's a little bit older, she's seven, but when she heard about war, you know, her immediate thoughts, because we just moved, we lived in California and we moved to Arizona. So in her brain, it was like, there's a war what will we do? Will we move out of Arizona and go back to California where it will be safe? Right. So really trying to explain like, this isn't happening here. This is happening somewhere else in the world and you are safe and you are with your family. And so because she had heard it, then of course I want to support her in that conversation. And I want to reassure her that she is safe you know, that we are here for her, that it's not something that she needs to necessarily worry about. But as she hears information trickle down, she has an older brother who's nine. So he's hearing more at school. The conversation can be, how do we support people that are affected by the war? You know, that's not her, but there are other children. There are other people. How can we offer support? And that can take away some of their fear too, because they feel like they're giving, you know, there's an empowerment piece there. Now, would I actually bring it up with my preschooler if they didn't have older siblings, if they weren't hearing it on the news, I wouldn't sit down with my preschooler and have the conversation. But as a parent, I think it's good to be prepared and to be curious with them, with all kids of, you know, kind of what are you hearing at school? How is your day? Just being more attuned to kind of what might be coming up for them because they're going to be hearing stuff for sure, even if it's not from us directly. Mm -hmm. So now I would like to talk about uh, different age levels. So you you, you did mention your daughter's seven, your son is nine. Mm -hmm. So obviously there's a different approach. So how Mm -hmm. do we start the conversation? I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. So as you say, my kids are really young and I'm understanding there's no point starting the conversation if they haven't been exposed to it, but I'm sure people, parents out there has different age, uh, age group children. So how, how can, can you help us like navigating that? Absolutely. So what we do in our family always is we have family routine or sorry, family meetings as part of our family routine. And part of our family meeting is where we sit down as a family once a week and we say, okay, what's coming up? What's either coming up at home that we need to kind of problem solve and work together or what's going on at school. We also have a daily routine in our home where we say, what's your rose? That's something positive that happened. What's your bud? That's something you're looking forward to. And what's your thorn. That's something bad that's happened. So we have this set in place so that when big life events come up, our children are really used to having bigger conversations and check-ins with us. So when my son heard about this, he already knew, okay, family meeting time, rosebud thorn time. I kind of have these routines set in place. These are times when I can talk to mom and dad about what's going on. Now, by default, then my younger hears about it, right? So that opens her up to the conversation like we just talked about. So what I tell parents 
really for all ages, kind of, you know, I would say like first grade and up, and this includes the tweens and the teens, is being curious with your child. So what have you been hearing at school about Ukraine and Russia? You know, are you hearing anything at school? How does it make you feel when you do hear about these things? What are your friends saying? And so really trying to gather some information before we impose kind of our opinion or maybe oversharing or sharing facts that they don't need to know yet. It's like, it's just a good idea to kind of gauge where your child's at before you jump into any conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's a really great uh, approach. So gather that information. Do we, should we always let them bring it up? Is that something that, you know, if we haven't heard, if you haven't, your child hasn't brought it up, should we bring it up at all? Or should we just leave it until uh, it comes up naturally? Or, you know, they, they suddenly go, mommy, I want to mm-hmm. ask you something. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know, like what, what was kind of better um, if, if it's been weeks and you think they've heard something, but they haven't said anything. For older children, I think being curious and asking them is important because at this point, you know, there's so much going on on social media. It's on the news. They're talking about it in school. So I think being curious and even just to the point of there's a lot going on in Ukraine right now. Have you heard anything? You know, that's a very simple question. No, I haven't heard anything. Maybe you as a parent want to give them a little bit of information and share some facts with them um, and talk to them about, okay, well, there's a war going on in Ukraine and let's look at a map and let's look at where Ukraine is and let's talk about Russia and just sharing some basic information with them so that when they do hear something at school or from friends, they're not completely caught off guard. But if it is your younger preschooler, per se, I think chances are, you know, they're not hearing it probably from their preschool friends. So just really gauging or even asking their teachers is a really good idea, too, of kind of like, is this something that's being talked about at school? I know another parent, she hadn't talked about it with her child. And then her child brought it up because their teacher had talked to them about it. And so the parent was kind of caught off guard of like, oh, okay, you're having this conversation at school. And so that's where the homeschool connection is really important so that we can kind of all be on the same page. Just because, you know, with such a sensitive topic and something that we said in the beginning where we can't wrap our heads around it, we really want to create an atmosphere of safety at home where our children know that they can ask us these questions, they can bring things up, they can talk about confusing information, and that we're going to be here to support them the best we can. And if we don't know the answer to something, we're going to go find it somewhere else, you know, or we're going to go research with them or on our own and bring that information back to them. Mm-hmm. And I think the question is like now maybe they maybe they're scared now, uh, maybe they're scared that war will come close to us. Uh, mm-hmm. So how can we address their fear, and um, how can you make them feel safe and secure if they're scared? Yes, and that was one of the questions that my son had right away. Is you know, is what is this war? are we going to have to fight in the war? What does that mean? You know, I mean, I was surprised actually, I was kind of taken aback, like, oh, you're already kind of thinking there as a nine-year-old. 
Uh, and so it's a really valid question. And when it comes to fear in children, you know, always just focusing on the here and now that's a lot as what I do as a meditation teacher for children. And I work with a lot of children that have fear and it's just kind of coming back to the present moment, whatever the fear is, even when it's something this big of kind of like, well, what's happening right now? I honor, I, I hear that you're scared. I know that that's a future worry of yours, but what's happening in this moment? In this moment, we're in our home and we are safe. And we're really grateful that we can be safe today. You know, how can we help those that are not feeling safe in their home? My kids have a candle making business and um, they donate 20% of their profits to organizations. My son likes to do animal rescue. My daughter likes to donate to homeless shelters. But this is a time where we're saying, okay, let's use 20% of what you've made selling your candles and we can donate to people in Ukraine. And so I think there's opportunities for them to kind of move away from the fear into that place of giving if it's possible. And also just again, to reassure them here we are in this moment and keep coming back to the moment. What do you see in your room right now? What do you feel in your body? You know, what sounds do we hear? And just kind of resettling the brain, getting from this part back into this part really helps. And then, uh, you know, do that as much as you need to, which for some kids, it might be a lot. Kids have been through a lot, right? I mean, just after all of the anxiety around COVID and what that was going to look like. And now here we are with this. So these are tools that are going to be ongoing that we should be teaching them. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Those are such great tools and, you know, meditation it's, is such a great thing for, for kids to calm them down and settle their minds. Um, I have kind of a, a f- funny, funny thing. My, I was watching my five-year-old. I also have a seven-year-old, but my five-year-old was the one that asked most of the questions. And it's interesting how their little brains try to process the information. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my little guy loves superheroes and he basically was like rushes the bad guys, you know, in, in, in the way, like a superhero, like Marvel, <laughs> that type of thing mm-hmm. was. And it, like Russians are bad guys. I'm like, no, no, no. We had to have a little bit of a distinction, you know, like not Russian people are bad guys. Not everyone. We're not going to generalize. This is what's happening with the government. This is what's happening on another side of the world and have, have some talks about that. Now, you know, what's, what's your experience with that, with your kids and how they're processing? It sounds like they're, they're so lovely that they're wanting to donate money to, you know, efforts and supporting those there. Um, how would you give advice to, to parents as they're trying to wrap their heads around it and helping their children, um, I guess, navigate the information that's out there? Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you brought this up because it's something that I am hearing so much from families and at schools, and it's really becoming this us versus them mentality. Right. And that was one of the very first things I heard too, was like, Russia's doing this and we're going to get Russia. And it is, it's almost that superhero video game, us versus them. And this is a really important time for parents to be having that conversation and saying, people are also fleeing Russia. You know, it's not that all Russians are in support of what's going on and that 
there's a lot of pain in Russia also over this war and that we can't generalize and talking about, you know, if you know people in your neighborhood and your community that are Russian and we like those people and we see those people. And it's a really important time, I think, for kids to make this distinction. You know, they historically they learn in school so much about in the past where there was segregation and there was racism and we, you know, we just had Black History Month. And so there's a lot of conversation of how things used to be and how we don't do that anymore, you know, is kind of how it's talked about in school. And so here's this opportunity now to say, hey, we're not going to do what has been historically done in the past. And we don't want to generalize a group of people and uh, just offering, I think what you said to your child and just, you know, was perfect of like, hey, whoa, this isn't what we're doing. That's, there's politics involved, you know, there's government involved. We also talked about that in my home and I've been saying the same thing and other, uh, you know, interviews that I've been doing is that this is an important time not to go into that us versus them. So thank you for bringing that up. Mm -hmm. Now I'd like to talk about uh, a little bit of actually our own behavior as a parent, because I feel that if I feel scared, if mm -hmm. I feel uh, nervous or um, any emotion and we have as a parent, I feel our children feel that also. So it, it depends um, how we are even understanding what's happening. Can you talk a little bit about this? What do, what do we do if we are creating the problem in some ways? So much of my book, you know, when I, when I sat down to write my book on break free from reactive parenting, the first thing that I thought was it starts with me. You know, I almost wanted to name the book. It starts with you because it does, it starts with us as parents. And if we are not able to self-regulate and we are in a place of fear, then that feeds down to our children a hundred percent of the time in every area. And especially when it comes to big world news and big events like this, which are really, really scary. And so the first thing for parents to consider is, you know, when am I watching the news? When am I getting in my information? Am I doing that in front of my child? Should I do that on the way to pick them up from school? You know, what are the appropriate times for me that I know I can sit down, I can learn, I can educate myself, but I'm also going to have enough of a buffer to calm my body and my mind down. So if I'm taking in a lot of information about what's going on in the world, then I know that I need at least 10 or 15 minutes where I can sit and I, you know, have my meditation practice. I focus on my breathing. I get back into a state of, okay, I too am safe. It's just what we talked about with the kids, right? What do I hear? What do I see in this room? What do I hear in this space? You know, how does my heart feel? What loving, kind reminders can I give to myself? Whatever your practices, and I share a lot of practices on my website for um, parents that are interested in that. I know you'll share my website later, but really finding a place to ground because if I don't, and I'm just listening to the news and then I'm racing off and then I get my kids and then they get in the car and let's say they say something about what's going on or they're like, oh, rush is bad you know, me as a parent, I could very quickly be like snapping at them of like, what are you talking about? We're not, a, you know, it's like, I can go there if I'm not in that calmer state. And so if I'm going to support them, 
just like the metaphor we always hear, it's like I put on my own oxygen mask first. Uh, and I think just be mindful of like, when am I, when am I, and how am I digesting my own information that I'm sharing um, before I get my kids? Mm-hmm. I also feel I have a five, almost six years old. And I feel that at that age is really now able to write my feelings or my emotions, which before not as much. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's about like, which age group like that starts? Because for little babies, obviously it's, it's, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll feel our emotions and stuff, but yeah. to really feel it and question us on it at what age do you think that starts? Yeah. So you're right. I mean, babies do, you know, we know that we have mirror neurons and that's why when we're, we're happy and we're smiling at our babies and then they're going to smile back at us. And so we have that in our brain where we are definitely taking in the stimulus and the emotions of our caregivers and we're mirroring that back to them. Uh, now for your child, it's really going to depend on how attuned they are. You know, some kids are really empathetic. Some kids are very sensitive. So depending on your child's personality, it's going to be very different. You know, like my seven and my nine-year-old are probably matched. Like my seven-year-old daughter, like if I'm like, oh, my stomach kind of hurts. She's like, can I get you a blanket? Would you like water? Can I get you a snack? You know, and my nine-year-old probably does that more now, but didn't do that at age seven. So really, I think depending on the age of your child, but definitely as you get into the elementary school years, kids are for sure picking up on your behavior, your stress, what's going on for you. And so the age of your child is probably that age where, yes, you're not going to notice it more and more from here on out where they're really picking up on that. Awesome. Well, I think we covered a lot today. I think that was a podcast that was absolutely needed i needed to hear about it from an expert i needed to know what to do because what happened actually in my household is we're all sitting there we're watching the news it's on tv it's kind of the first few days of it and then uh, uh, i turn around and i said oh i guess there's war now and my son looked at me and i'm like and then my mother was there and i'm just like this is i don't know if it's a good thing to say or not right yeah. so i just had this moment and everybody was like ah okay my kids didn't even care. They just, they just keep playing, but I'm like, oh my gosh, did I volunteer too much information? So, so if that happens to me, it happens to everyone. So thank you so much for, for this, uh, pieces of advice. And, uh, I think it's going to help a lot of parents out there. So Laura Lynn, uh, if, um, we want to know more about you, I know everyone can find you on our, <clears throat> sorry, on our panel of expert at parent talk.ca, but where else can we find you? Uh, you can also find me on my website. So Laura Lynn, it's L-I-N-N, Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T dot com. You can find me on social media, on Instagram at Laura Lynn Knight. Uh, and I just want to say thank you so much for having me. I feel like this was a wonderful conversation and us parents do not have to be alone. And I'm so glad that you are providing this service where parents can get useful, informative information from educators in the field and not be trying to navigate this all by, you know, ourselves. Yes. Only navigating through uh, social media. It's not always super good out there, right? Yes. Can be <laughs> right. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs>
Let's talk about this another time. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yes, we got to watch what you're reading. Mm -hmm. Find out uh, the resources of it. Where is it from, right? Yes, yes, yes. Well, that concludes today's episode. Uh, Becca and I would like to thank you, uh, Laura, for taking the time to be here and bringing so much value to all of us parents, helping us grow because we need to grow as parents, you know? And of course, be the best parents we can be. So for our listeners, if you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and now also on Parent Talk TV. Of course, you can always subscribe directly to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and we're inviting you to share it on your social media. And as we all know, parenting can be hard. So remember, it's important to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village and be true to yourself. Thank you for joining us today and have a great week. Bye. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner. Thank you.